0: Chapter Two of Exotics and Retrospectives. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. Exotics and Retrospectives by Lefcadio Hearn. Chapter Two Insect Musicians. Mushi o mushi. Nay te ingua o oh, insect insect think you that karma can be exhausted by song A japanese poem i if you ever visit japan be sure to go to at least one temple festival ennichi the festival ought to be seen at night when everything shows to the best advantage in the glow of countless lamps and lanterns until you have had this experience you cannot know what japan is You cannot imagine the real charm of queerness and prettiness the wonderful blending of grotesquetry and beauty to be found in the life of the common people in such a night you will probably let yourself drift awhile with the stream of sightseers through dazzling lines of booze full of toys indescribable dainty puerilities fragile astonishments laughter making oddities you will observe representations of demons gods and goblins. You will be started by Mando, immense lantern transparencies, with monstrous faces painted upon them. You will have glimpses of jugglers, acrobats, sword-dancers, fortune-tellers. You will hear everywhere, above the tumult of voices, a ceaseless blowing of flutes and booming of drums. All this may not be worth stopping for, but presently, I am almost sure, you will pause in your promenade, to look at a booth illuminated like a magic lantern and stocked with tiny wooden cages out of which an incomparable shrilling proceeds the booth is the booth of a vendor of singing insects and the storm of noise is made by the insects the sight is curious and a foreigner is nearly always attracted by it but having satisfied his momentary curiosity the foreigner usually goes on his way with the idea that he has been inspecting nothing more remarkable than a particular variety of toys for children. He might easily be made to understand that the insect trade of Tokyo alone represents a yearly value of thousands of dollars, but he would certainly wonder if assured that the insects themselves are esteemed for the peculiar character of the sounds which they make. It would not be easy to convince him that in the aesthetic life of a most refined and artistic people these insects hold a place not less important or well-deserved than that occupied in western civilization by our thrushes, linnets, nightingales, and canaries. What stranger could suppose that a literature one thousand years old, a literature full of curious and delicate beauty, exists upon the subject of these short-lived insect-pets? The object of the present paper is, by elucidating these facts, to show how superficially our travelers might unconsciously judge the most interesting details of Japanese life but such misjudgments are as natural as they are inevitable. Even with the kindest of intentions, it is impossible to estimate correctly at sight anything of the extraordinary in Japanese custom, because the extraordinary nearly always relates to feelings, beliefs, or thoughts about which a stranger cannot know anything. Before proceeding further, let me observe that the domestic insects of which I am going to speak are mostly night-singers, and must not be confounded with the semi- cicada, mentioned in former essays of mine. I think that the cicada, even in a country so exceptionally rich, as is Japan in musical insects, are wonderful melodists in their own way, but the Japanese find as much difference between the notes of night insects and of cicadas as we find between those of larks and sparrows, and they relegate their cicada to the vulgar place of chatterers. Semi are therefore never caged. The national liking for caged insects does not mean a liking for mere noise, and the note of every insect in public favor must possess either some rhythmic charm or some mimetic quality celebrated in poetry or legend. The same fact is true of the Japanese liking for the chants of frogs. It would be a mistake to suppose that all kinds of frogs are considered musical, but there are particular species of very small frogs having sweet notes, and these are caged and petted. Of course, in the proper meaning of the word, insects do not sing, but in the following pages I may occasionally employ the terms singer and singing insect, partly because of their convenience and partly because of their correspondence with the language used by Japanese insect dealers and poets describing the voices of such creatures. 2. There are many curious references in the old Japanese classic literature to the custom of keeping musical insects. For example, in the chapter entitled Novaki, of the famous novel Genji Monogatari, written in the latter part of the 10th century, by the lady Murasaki Shikibu, it is stated, the maids were ordered to descend to the garden and give some water to the insects. But the first definite mention of cages for singing insects would appear to be the following passage from a work entitled Choman Shu. On the twelfth day of the eighth month of the second year of Keho 1095 AD, the emperor ordered his pages and chamberlains to go to Segano and find some insects. The emperor gave them a cage of network of bright purple thread. All, even the head chaplain and his attendants, taking horses from the right and the left imperial mews, then went on horseback to hunt for insects. Tokinori Ben, at that time holding the office of Kurando proposed to the party as they rode toward Sagano a subject for poetical composition. The subject was looking for insects in the fields. On reaching Sagano, the party dismounted and walked in various directions for a distance of something more than ten cho and sent their attendants to catch the insects. In the evening, they returned to the palace. They put into the cage some hagi and ominameshi for the insects the cage was respectfully presented to the empress. There was sake drinking in the palace that evening, and many poems were composed. The empress and her court ladies joined in the making of the poems. This would appear to be the oldest Japanese record of an insect hunt, though the amusement may have been invented earlier than the period of Keho. By the seventeenth century it seems to have become a popular diversion, and night hunts were in vogue as much as day hunts. In the Teikoku Bunshu, or Collected Works of the poet Teikoku, who died during the second year of Showo, there has been preserved one of the poet's letters which contains a very interesting passage on the subject. "'Let us go insect-hunting this evening,' writes the poet to his friend. "'It is true that the night will be very dark, since there is no moon, and it may seem dangerous to go out. But there are many people now going to the graveyards every night, because the Bon Festival is approaching.' therefore the way to the fields will not be lonesome for us i have prepared many lanterns so the hatiori matsumushi and other insects will probably come to the lanterns in great number it would also seem that the trade of insect seller mushiya existed in the seventeenth century for in a diary of that time known as the diary of the kikaku the writer speaks of his disappointment at not finding any insect dealers in yedo Tolerably good evidence that he had met such persons elsewhere. On the thirteenth day of the sixth month of the fourth year of Teikyo, I went out, he writes, to look for kirigirisu sellers. I searched for them in yotsuya, in kojimachi, in hongo, in yushimasa, and in both divisions of kanda tsudemacho, but I found none. As we shall presently see, the kirigirisu, was not sold in Tokyo until about one hundred and twenty years later. But long before it became the fashion to keep singing insects, their music had been celebrated by poets as one of the aesthetic pleasures of the autumn. There are charming references to singing insects in poetical collections made during the tenth century, and doubtless containing many compositions of a yet earlier period. And just as places famous for cherry, plum, and other blossoming trees, are still regularly visited every year by thousands and tens of thousands merely for the delight of seeing the flowers in their seasons. So in ancient times city-dwellers made autumn excursions to country districts simply for the pleasure of hearing the chirping choruses of crickets and of locusts, the night-singers especially. Centuries ago places were noted as pleasure resorts solely because of this melodious attraction. Such were, Mushashino, now tokyo yetano in the province of ichizen and mano in the province of omi somewhat later probably people discovered that each of the principal species of singing insects haunted by preference some particular locality where its peculiar chanting could be heard to the best advantage and eventually no less than eleven places became famous throughout japan for different kinds of insect music the best places to hear the Matsumushi were, 1. Arashiyama, near Kyoto, in the province of Yamashiro, 2. Sumiyoshi, in the province of Setsu, 3. Mayagino, in the province of Mutsu. The best places to hear the Suzumushi were, 4. Kagurogaoka ga in Yamashiro, 5. Oguroyama, in Yamashiro, 6. Suzukoyama, near Isi. 7. Narumi, in Owari. The best places to hear the Kirigirisu were 8. Sagano in Yamashiro. 9. Takita no Sato, in Yamashiro. 10. Tatsutayama, in Yamato. 11. Ono no Shinovawa in Omi. Afterwards, when the breeding and sale of singing insects became a lucrative industry, the custom of going into the country to hear them gradually went out of fashion. But even today city dwellers, when giving a party, will sometimes place cages of singing insects among the garden shrubbery, so that the guests may enjoy not only the music of the little creatures, but also those memories or sensations of rural peace which such music evokes. 3. The regular trade in musical insects is of a comparatively modern origin in tokyo its beginnings date back only to the kwanzai era 1789 to 1800 at which period however the capital of the shogunata was still called yedo a complete history of the business was recently placed in my hands a history partly compiled from old documents and partly from traditions preserved in the families of several noted insect merchants of the present day The founder of the Tokyo trade was an itinerant food-seller named Chuzo, originally from Echigo, who settled in the Kanda district of the city in the latter part of the eighteenth century. One day, while making his usual rounds, it occurred to him to capture a few of the suzumushi, or bell insects, then very plentiful in the Nagishi quarter, and to try the experiment of feeding them at home. They throve and made music in confinement and several of chuzo's neighbors charmed by their melodious chirping asked to be supplied with suzumushi for a consideration from this accidental beginning the demand for suzumushi grew rapidly to such proportions that the food seller at last decided to give up his former calling and to become an insect seller chuzo only caught and sold insects he never imagined that it would be more profitable to breed them but the fact was presently discovered by one of his customers a man named Kirayama, then in the service of the Lord Eoyama Shimazuki no Kami. Kirayama had bought from Chuzo several Suzumushi, which were kept and fed in a jar half-filled with moist clay. They died in the cold season, but during the following summer Kirayama was agreeably surprised to find the jar newly populated with a number of young ones, evidently born from eggs which the first prisoners had left in the clay. He fed them carefully and soon had the pleasure my chronicler says of hearing them begin to sing in small voices then he resolved to make some experiments and aided by chuzo who furnished the males and females he succeeded in breeding not only suzumushi but three other kinds of singing insects also kantan matsumushi and Katsuwamushi. he discovered at the same time that by keeping his jars in a warm room the insects could be hatched considerably in advance of the natural season chozu sold for kiriyama these home-bred singers and both men found the new undertaking profitable beyond expectation the example set by kiriyama was imitated by a tabia or stocking maker named yasubei commonly known as tabia yasubei by reason of his calling who lived in kandaku yasubei likewise made careful studies of the habits of singing insects with a view to their breeding and nourishment and he soon found himself able to carry on a small trade in them up to that time the insects sold in yedo would seem to have been kept in jars or boxes yasubei conceived the idea of having special cages manufactured for them a man named kondo vassal to the lord kamei of honjoku interested himself in the matter and made a number of pretty little cages which delighted yasubei and secured a large order from him the new invention found public favor at once and kondo soon afterwards established the first manufactory of insect cages the demand for singing insects increased from this time so rapidly that chuzo soon found it impossible to supply all his would-be customers directly he therefore decided to change his business to wholesale trade and to sell to retail dealers only. To meet orders, he purchased largely from peasants in the suburbs and elsewhere. Many persons were employed by him, and Yasubei and others paid him a fixed annual sum for sundry rights and privileges. Some time after this, Yasubei became the first itinerant vendor of singing insects. He walked through the streets crying his wares, but hired a number of servants to carry the cages. Tradition says that while going his rounds, he used to wear a katabiri made of a much esteemed silk stuff called sukiya, together with a fine hakata girdle, and that this elegant way of dressing proved of much service to him in his business. Two men, whose names have been preserved, soon entered into competition with Yasubei. The first was Yasakura Yazuzo, of Honjoku, by previous occupation a sahainen, or property agent he prospered, and became widely known as Mushiyasu, Yasu the insect man. His success encouraged a former fellow Sahainan, Gembei of Uyeno, to go into the same trade. Gembei likewise found insect-selling a lucrative occupation, and earned for himself the sobriquet of Mushugen, by which he is yet remembered. His descendants in Tokyo this day are Ami manufacturers, but they still carry on the hereditary insect business during the summer and autumn months, and one of the firm was kind enough to furnish me with many of the facts recorded in this little essay. Chuzo, the father and founder of all this curious commerce, died without children, and sometime in the period of Bunsei, 1818 to 1829, his business was taken over by a distant relative named Yamasaki Seichiro. To Chuzo's business, Yamasaki joined his own— That of a toy merchant. About the same time, a law was passed limiting the number of insect dealers in the municipality to thirty-six. The thirty-six then formed themselves into a guild called the Oyama Kyo, Oyama Society, having for patron the divinity Sekisan Sama of the mountain Oyama in Sagami Province. But in business, the association was known as the Yedo Mushiko, or Yedo Insect Company. It is not until after the consolidation of the trade that we hear of the Kirigirisu, the same musical insect which the poet Kikaku had vainly tried to buy in the city in 1687, being sold in Yedo. One of the guild, known as Mushia Kojiro, Kojiro the insect merchant, who did business in Hanjoku, returning to the city after a short visit to his native place in Kazusa, brought back with him a number of Kirigirisu, which he sold at a good profit. Although long famous elsewhere, these insects had never before been sold in Yedo. When Mitsu Echizen no Kami, says the chronicle, became Machi Bugio, or chief magistrate, of Yedo, the law limiting the number of insect dealers to thirty six was abolished. Whether the guild was subsequently dissolved, the chronicle fails to mention. Kiriyama, the first to breed singing insects artificially, had, like Chuzo, built up a prosperous trade. He left a son, Kamijiro, who was adopted into the family of one Yumoto, living in Wasida, Ushigomi-ku. Kamijiro brought with him, into the Yumoto family, the valuable secrets of his father's occupation, and the Yumoto family is still celebrated in the business of insect breeding. Today, the greatest insect merchant in Tokyo is said to be Kawasumi Kanasaburo of the Samancho in Yatsuyaku. A majority of the lesser dealers obtain their autumn stock from him. But the insects bred artificially and sold in summer are mostly furnished by the Yumoto house. Other noted dealers are Mushisei of Shitayaku and Mushitoku of Asakusa. These buy insects caught in the country and brought to the city by the peasants. The wholesale dealers supply both insects and cages to multitudes of itinerant defenders who do business in the neighbourhood of the parish temples during the ennichi or religious festivals, especially after dark. Almost every night of the year there are ennichi in some quarter of the capital, and the insect dealers are rarely idle during the summer and autumn months. Perhaps the following list of current Tokyo prices for singing insects may interest the reader Suzumushi, 3 sen, 5 rin to 4 sen, Matsumushi, 4 sen to 5 sen, Kantan, 10 sen to 12 sen, Kin hibari, 10 sen to 12 sen, Kusa hibari, 10 sen to 12 sen. Huro Hibari, eight sen to twelve sen. Kutsuwa mushi, ten sen to fifteen sen. Yamato Suzi, eight sen to twelve sen. Kirigirisu, twelve sen to fifteen sen. Emma Korogi, five sen. Kanetataki, twelve sen. Umeoe, ten sen. These prices, however, rule only during busy seasons of the insect trade. In May and the latter part of June, the prices are high, for only artificially bred insects are then in the market. In July, kirigirisu, brought from the country, will sell as low as one sen. The kantan kusi hibari and yamato suzu sell sometimes as low as two sen. In August, the emma korigi can be bought even at the rate of ten for one sen and in september the kuro hibari kanatataki and umeoi sell for one or one and a half sen each but there is little variation at any season in the prices of suzumushi and matsumushi these are never very dear but never sell at less than three sen and there is always demand for them the suzumushi is the most popular of all and the greater part of the profits annually made in the insect trade is said to be gained in the sale of this insect. As will be seen from the foregoing price list, twelve varieties of musical insects are sold in Tokyo. Nine can be artificially bred namely, the Suzumushi, Matsumushi, Kirigirisu, Kantan, Kutsuwashumi, Emma Korogi, Kin Hibari, Kusa Hibari also called aza-suzu, and the yamato-suzu, or yoshino-suzu. Three varieties, I am told, are not bred for sale, but captured for the market. These are the kanatataki, omeoi, or hetaori, and kurohibari, but a considerable number of all the insects annually offered for sale are caught in their native haunts. The night singers are, with few exceptions, easily taken, They are captured with the help of lanterns being quickly attracted by light they approach the lanterns and when near enough to be observed they can be readily covered with nets or little baskets males and females are usually secured at the same time for the creatures move about in couples only the males sing but a certain number of females are always taken for breeding purposes males and females are kept in the same vessel only for breeding they are never left together in a cage because the male ceases to sing when thus mated And will die in a short time after pairing. The breeding pairs are kept in jars or other earthen vessels half filled with moistened clay, and are supplied every day with fresh food. They do not live long. The male dies first, and the female survives only until her eggs have been laid. The young insects hatched from them shed their skin in about forty days from birth, after which they grow more rapidly, and soon attain their full development. In their natural state these creatures are hatched a little before the doyo or period of the greatest heat by the old calendar that is to say about the middle of july and they begin to sing in october but when bred in a warm room they are hatched early in april and with careful feeding they can be offered for sale before the end of may when very young their food is tritulated and spread for them upon a smooth piece of wood but the adults are usually furnished with unprepared food consisting of the pairings of eggplant melon rind, cucumber rind, or the soft inner parts of the white onion. Some insects, however, are specially nourished. The abura kirigirisu, for example, being fed with sugar water and slices of muskmelon. 5. All the insects mentioned in the Tokyo price list are not of equal interest, and several of the names appear to refer only to different varieties of one species, though on this point I am not positive. Some of the insects do not seem to have yet been scientifically classed, and I am no entomologist. But I can offer some general notes on the more important among the little melodists, and free translation out of a few of the countless poems about them, beginning with the Matsumushi, which was celebrated in Japanese verse a thousand years ago. Matsumushi. As ideographically written, the name of this creature signifies pine insect, but as pronounced It might mean also waiting insect, since the verb matsu to wait and the noun matsu pine have the same sound. It is chiefly upon this double meaning of the word as uttered that a host of japanese poems about the matsumushi are based. Some of these are very old, dating back to the tenth century at least. Although by no means a rare insect, the matsumushi is much esteemed for the peculiar clearness and sweetness of its notes phonomato rendered in japanese by the syllables chinchiririn chinchiririn little silvery shrillings which i can best describe as resembling the sound of an electric bell heard from a distance the matsumushi haunts pine groves and cryptomeria groves and makes its music at night it is a very small insect with a dark brown back and a yellowish body perhaps the oldest extant verses on the matsumushi are those contained in the kokinshu a famous anthology compiled in the year 905 by the court poet Tsurayuki and several of his noble friends here we first find that play on the name of the insect as pronounced which was to be repeated in a thousand different keys by a multitude of poets through the literature of more than nine hundred years aki no no michi momado inu matsumushi no kore surukata ni yadoya karamashi in the autumn fields i lose my way perhaps i might ask for lodging in the direction of the cry of the waiting insect that is to say might sleep to-night in the grass where the insects are waiting for me there is in the same work a much prettier poem on the matsumushi by Surayuki. with dusk begins to cry the male of the waiting insect i too await my beloved and hearing my longing grows THE FOLLOWING POEMS ON THE SAME INSECT ARE LESS ANCIENT, BUT NOT LESS INTERESTING. FOREVER past AND GONE, THE HOUR OF THE PROMISED ADVENT. TRULY THE WAITER'S VOICE IS A VOICE OF SADNESS NOW. PARTING IS SORROWFUL ALWAYS, EVEN THE PARTING WITH AUTUMN. O PLAINTIVE MATSUMUSHI, ADD NOT THOU TO MY PAIN. ALWAYS MORE CLEAR AND SHRILL, AS THE HUSH OF THE NIGHT GROWS DEEPER, the waiting insect's voice and i that wait in the garden feel enter into my heart the voice and the moon together suzumushi the name signifies bell insect but the bell of which the sound is thus referred to is a very small bell or a bunch of little bells such as a shinto priestess uses in the sacred dances the suzumushi is a great favorite with insect fanciers and is bred in great numbers for the market In the wild state it is found in many parts of japan and at night the noise made by multitudes of suzumushi in certain lonesome places might easily be mistaken as it has been by myself more than once for the sound of rapids the japanese description of the insect as resembling a watermelon seed the black kind is excellent it is very small with a black back and a white or yellowish body its tintinabulation Ri e in as the japanese render the sound might easily be mistaken for the tinkling of a suzu but the matsumushi and the suzumushi are mentioned in japanese poems of the period enji some of the following poems on the suzumushi are very old others are of comparatively recent date yes my dwelling is old weeds on the roof are growing BUT THE VOICE OF THE Suzumushi THAT WILL NEVER BE OLD. TODAY UNITED IN LOVE, WE WHO CAN MEET SO RARELY. HEAR HOW THE INSECTS RING, THEIR BELLS TO OUR HEARTS KEEP TIME. THE TINKLE OF TINY BELLS, THE VOICES OF Suzumushi, I HEAR IN THE AUTUMN DUSK, AND THINK OF THE FIELDS AT HOME. EVEN THE MOONSHINE SLEEPS ON THE DEWS OF THE GARDEN-GRASSES nothing moves in the night but the suzumushi's voice heard in these alien fields the voice of the suzumushi sweet in the evening dusk sounds like the sound of home vainly the suzumushi exhausts his powers of pleasing always the long night through my tears continue to flow hark to those tinkling tones the chant of the suzumushi if a jewel of dew could sing, it would tinkle with such a voice. Foolish fond I have grown. I feel for the Suzumushi. In the time of the heavy rains, what will the creature do? Hataori mushi. The Hataori is a beautiful bright green grasshopper of very graceful shape. Two reasons are given for its curious name, which signifies the weaver. One is that. When held in a particular way, the struggling gestures of the creature resemble the movements of a girl weaving. The other reason is that its music seems to imitate the sound of the reed and shuttle of a handloom in operation. G e e e chon chon, G e e e chon chon. There's a pretty folk story about the origin of the Hataori and the kirigirisu, which used to be told to Japanese children in former times long long ago says the tale there were two very dutiful daughters who supported their old blind father by the labor of their hands the elder girl used to weave and the younger to sew when the old blind father died at last these good girls grieved so much that they soon died also one beautiful morning some creatures of a kind never seen before were found making music above the graves of the sisters on the tomb of the elder was a pretty green insect producing sounds like those made by a girl weaving, G-E-E-E-Chan-Chan, G-E-E-E-Chan-Chan. This was the first Hataori Mushi. On the tomb of the younger sister was an insect which kept crying out, Suzuri, Sasi, Sasi, Suzuri, Suzuri Sasi, Sasi, Sasi. Torn clothes, patch, patch them up, torn clothes, torn clothes, patch up, patch up, patch up. This was the first Kirigirisu. Then everybody knew that the spirits of the good sisters had taken those shapes. Still every autumn they cry to wives and daughters to work well at the loom, and warn them to repair the winter garments of the household before the coming of the cold. Such poems as I have been able to obtain about the Hataori consist of nothing more than pretty fancies. Two of which I offer free renderings are ancient. The first, by Surayuki the second by a poetess classically known as Ankinata's Daughter. Weaving insects, I hear, and the fields, in their autumn colors, seem of Chinese brocade. Was this the weaver's work? Gossamer threads are spread over the shrubs and grasses. Weaving insects, I hear, do they weave with spider silk? Umaoi. The Umaoi is sometimes confounded with the Hataori, which it much resembles. But the true umaori, called junta in Izumo, is a shorter and thicker insect than the hataori, and has at its tail a hook-shaped protuberance, which the weaver insect has not. Moreover, there is some difference in the sounds made by the two creatures. The music of the umaori is not ji chan chan but sui-inso, sui-inso, say the Japanese. Kirigirisu. There are different varieties of this much-prized insect. The abura kirigirisu, a day-singer, is a delicate creature and must be carefully nourished in confinement. The tachi kirigirisu, a night-singer, is more commonly found in the market. Captured kirigirisu, sold in Tokyo, are mostly from the neighborhood of Itabashi, Niiso, and Toragawa and these, which fetch high prices, are considered the best. They are large, vigorous insects, uttering very clear notes. From Kuji-u-Kuri in Kazuza, other and much cheaper Kirigirisu are brought to the capital, but these have a disagreeable odor, suffer from the attacks of a peculiar parasite, and are feeble musicians. As stated elsewhere, the sounds made by the Kirigirisu are said to resemble those of the Japanese words Suzuri sassy sassi, torn clothes patch-up patch-up and a large proportion of the many poems written about the insect depend for interest upon ingenious but untranslatable allusions to these words i offer renderings therefore of only two poems on the kirigirisu the first by an unknown poet in the kokinshu the second by tadafusa o kirigirisu when the clover changes color are the nights then sad for you as for me that cannot sleep o kirigirisu cry not i pray so loudly hearing my sorrow groans and the autumn night is long kusahibari the kusahibari or grass lark also called asasuzu or morning bell yabasuzu the little bell of the bamboo grove akikazi or autumn wind and Mushi or the child of the bell insect is a day singer it is very small perhaps the smallest of the insect choir except the yamato suzu kin hibari the kin hibari or golden lark used to be found in great numbers about the neighborhood of the well-known shinobazu no ike the great lotus pond of Ueno in tokyo but of late years it has become scarce there the kin hibari now sold in the capital, are brought from Todogawa and Shimura. Kurohibari. The Kurohibari, or black lark, is rather uncommon and comparatively dear. It is caught in the country around Tokyo, but is never bred. Kuroji. There are many varieties of this night cricket, called Kuroji, from its music, Kiri-kiri-kiri-kiri, Koro-koro-koro-koro, e One variety, the ebi koroji, or shrimp koroji, does not make any sound. But the uma koroji, or horse koroji, the oni koroji, or demon koroji, and the emma koroji, or cricket of emma, king of the dead, are all good musicians. The color is blackish-brown, or black, the best singing varieties have curious wavy markings on their wings, An interesting fact regarding the koroji is that mention of it is made in the very oldest collection of Japanese poems known, the manyoshu, probably compiled about the middle of the 8th century. The following lines by an unknown poet, which contain this mention, are therefore considerably more than 1,100 years old. Niwakusa ni marasame furite koriji no naku oto kikeba aki tsukinikari showers have sprinkled the garden grass, hearing the sound of the crying of the koroji, I know that the autumn has come. Katsuwa Mushi. There are several varieties of this extraordinary creature, also called, on gacha gacha, which is most provokingly described in dictionaries as a kind of noisy cricket. The variety commonly sold in Tokyo has a green back and a yellowish-white abdomen. But there are also brown and reddish varieties. The kutsuwa mushi is difficult to capture but easy to breed. As the tsuku, tsuku boshi is the most wonderful musician among the sun-loving cicada or semi, so the kutsuwa mushi is the most wonderful of night crickets. It owes its name, which means bridle bit insect, to its noise, which resembles the jingling and ringing of the old-fashioned Japanese bridle bit, kutsu wa, But the sound is really much louder and much more complicated than ever was the jingling of a single kutsuwa and the accuracy of the comparison is not easily discerned while the creature is storming beside you without the evidence of one's own eyes it were hard to believe that so small a life could make so prodigious a noise certainly the vibratory apparatus in this insect must be very complicated the sound begins with a thin sharp whizzing as of leaking steam, and slowly strengthens. Then to the whizzing is suddenly added a quick dry clatter as of castanets, and then, as the whole machinery rushes into operation, you hear high above the whizzing and the clatter a torrent of rapid ringing tones like the tapping of a gong. These, the last to begin, are also the first to cease. Then the castanets stop, and finally the whizzing dies but the full orchestra may remain in operation for several hours at a time, without a pause. Heard from far away at night, the sound is pleasant, and is really so much like the ringing of a bridle-bit that when you first listen to it you cannot but feel how much real poetry belongs to the name of this insect, celebrated from old as playing a ghostly escort in ways where no man can pass. The most ancient poem on the Kutsuwamushi is perhaps the following, by Lady itsumi shikibu wagaseko wakoma ni makasiti kinikire to kiku ni kikasuru kutsuwamushi kana which might be thus freely rendered listen his bridle rings that is surely my husband homeward hurrying now fast as the horse can bear him ah my ear was deceived only the kutsuwamushi kantan this insect, also known as Kantan gisu and Kantan no kirigirisu, is a dark brown night cricket. Its note z- 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 in is peculiar. I can only compare it to the prolonged twang of a bowstring. But this comparison is not satisfactory, because there is a penetrant metallic quality in the twang. 6 besides poems about the chanting of particular insects there are countless japanese poems ancient and modern upon the voices of night insects in general chiefly in relation to the autumn season out of a multitude i have selected and translated a few of the more famous only as typical of the sentiment or fancy of hundreds although some of my renderings are far from literal as to language i believe that they express with tolerable faithfulness the thought and feeling of the originals not for my sake alone i know is the autumn's coming yet hearing the insects sing at once my heart grows sad kokinshu faint in the moonshine sounds the chorus of insect voices to-night the sadness of autumn speaks in their plaintive tone i never can find repose in the chilly nights of autumn because of the pain i hear in the insect's plaintive song how must it be in the fields where the dews are falling thickly? In the insect voices that reach me I hear the tingling of cold. Never I dare to take my way through the grass in autumn. Should I tread upon insect voices, what would my feelings be? The song is ever the same, but the tones of the insects differ. Maybe their sorrows vary according to their hearts. Itzumi, shikibu. CHANGED IS MY CHILDHOOD'S HOME, BUT ALL THOSE INSECT VOICES, I THINK THEY ARE TRYING TO SPEAK OF HAPPIER DAYS THAT WERE. THESE TREMBLING DEWS ON THE GRASS, ARE THEY TEARS FOR THE DEATH OF AUTUMN, TEARS OF THE INSECT-SINGERS THAT NOW SO SADLY CRY. IT MIGHT BE THOUGHT THAT SEVERAL OF THE POEMS ABOVE GIVEN WERE INTENDED TO EXPRESS EITHER A REAL OR AN AFFECTED SYMPATHY WITH THE IMAGINED INSECT PAIN. But this would be a wrong interpretation in most compositions of this class the artistic purpose is to suggest by indirect means various phases of the emotion of love especially that melancholy which lends its own passional tone to the aspects and the voices of nature the baroque fancy that dew might be insect tears is by its very exaggeration intended to indicate the extravagance of grief as well as to suggest that human tears have been freshly shed The verses in which a woman declares that her heart has become too affectionate since she cannot but feel for the bell insect during a heavy shower, really bespeak the fond anxiety felt for some absent beloved, travelling in the time of the great rains. Again in the lines about, treading on insect voices, the dainty scruple is uttered only as a hint of that intensification of feminine tenderness which love creates. And a still more remarkable example of this indirect double suggestiveness is offered by the little poem prefacing this article o insect insect think you that karma can be exhausted by song the western reader would probably suppose that the insect condition or insect state of being is here referred to but the real thought of the speaker presumably a woman is that her own sorrow is the result of faults committed in former lives and is therefore impossible to alleviate it will have been observed that a majority of the verses cited refer to autumn and to the sensations of autumn certainly japanese poets have not been insensible to the real melancholy inspired by autumn that vague strange annual revival of ancestral pain dim inherited sorrow of millions of memories associated through millions of years with the death of summer but in nearly every utterance of this melancholy the veritable allusion is to grief of parting. With its color changes, its leaf whirlings, and the ghostly plaint of its insect voices, autumn, buhistically, symbolizes impermanency, the certainty of bereavement, the pain that clings to all desire, and the sadness of isolation. But even if these poems on insects were primarily intended to shadow amorous emotion, do they not also reflect for us the subtlest influences of nature, wild pure nature upon imagination and memory does not the place accorded to insect melody in the home life as well as in the literature of japan prove an aesthetic sensibility developed in directions that yet remain for us almost unexplored does not the shrilling booth of the insect cellar at a night festival proclaim even a popular and universal comprehension of things divined in the west only by our rarest poets the pleasure-pain of autumn's beauty the weird sweetness of the voices of the night, the magical quickening of remembrance by echoes of forest and field. Surely we have something to learn from the people in whose mind the simple chant of a cricket can awaken whole fairy swarms of tender and delicate fancies. We may boast of being their masters in the mechanical, their teachers of the artificial, in all its varieties of ugliness. But in the knowledge of the natural, in the feeling of the joy and beauty of earth, they exceed us like the Greeks of old. Yet perhaps it will only be when our blind, aggressive industrialism has wasted and sterilized their paradise, substituting everywhere for beauty the utilitarian, the conventional, the vulgar, the utterly hideous, that we shall begin with remorseful amazement to comprehend the charm of that which we destroyed. End of chapter two.